Greetings and welcome to CritCast episode 11, Time Management and Slow Play. Before I get into the episode today, I'm rejoined once again by Tommy Compoy. How are you, Tommy? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back on. How's yourself? I'm not too bad, just tired, but I assume you're quite tired yourself as well. Yes, yes. Gyms are open again. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I thought I was hitting gyms hard, but you, you are, you have impressed me with your Scottish, your Scottish power and endurance. <laughs> I will burn out in a matter of days, I can assure you. That's okay. I mean, how much, like, how, like it's impressive. Tell, tell them how much you are working out in terms of distance. Uh, <laughs> um, 3,600 calories in two days. Crazy. I'm wasting away. (laughs) But it's like, because like, I know this is like random, but I I generally think like exercise is important about, an important part of being successful with Warhammer Underworlds because like healthy mind, healthy body, right? So I I like to do 10K of cardio uh, and then I do like my weight circuits. So I burn about, I think like at least 500 to 600 calories. But your stuff is crazy because we both have really active jobs so like yeah you're you need to eat a lot man. i eat a lot anyway i'm i'm greedy so that's <laughs> good but like uh so outside of the gym what else have you been up to in terms of like warhammer because like if, if people have watched the other episode they know how you got into warhammer but what have you been up to since we last spoke um honestly i've been quite busy i've been uh just doing a lot of deck building and theory craft, playing the odd game here and there, but uh, more just kind of waiting patiently for the Bone Bros to come. Oh, yeah. I'm excited for them. I've uh, also okay. got the WTC online ah. going on at the moment, so that's been that's been keeping me busy as well. How are you doing that at the moment? I've kind of like completely blanked that out because I've just been busy. Yeah, so we've. I'm in Team Steve. <laughs> we were supposed to be called a reptile dysfunction, which I thought okay. was an awesome name. But Steve, being Steve, had a brain malfunction and just named us Team Stefan Bayer. <laughs> so we renamed it to the amazing Team Steve. So yeah, we've qualified in teams and oh, nice. sing- singles. I've just recently won my round of 32 games, so just waiting to see who my opponent will be in the round of 16. Cool. Yeah, because I was going to play in the team format, but then like my team kind of fell apart, but then I also realised I would unfortunately be too busy to play as well. So like, that's why I couldn't do singles, because I was really tempted to... Um, well, yeah, you can't use the Essentials pack, because I was like, oh, Lady House and the Essentials pack would have just been so cruel. But um, I know you can use it for the next phase, but yeah, but that's cool. Cause like, are you still playing? I guess you're not playing in the Vassal League at the moment because of the WTC or are you a monster and playing both? No, no, no. I decided to take a break from the, the Vassal League. Um, it would have been just too much, especially yeah. with, you know, trying to keep up with the gym and work and WTC. That's, that's enough for me. I've got, a, I've got a wife, so she needs company as well exactly. <laughs> just leave and play constantly as much as i would like to yeah especially during these times like it's it's having responsibilities and people suck <laughs> but you know you, you still got enough underworlds in you like um it, it's funny even even me it's like with my webcam stuff it's just it, it eats up time to the point where you would like you need to do other stuff in your spare time instead of like, even though we would love to play Warhammer Underworlds constantly, we can't really. Yeah, for sure. Um, you can, you can burn out. So it's good to take kind of wee breaks and spells where you need to, exactly. you just play constantly then it's too much. Uh, but for today's episode, I brought you in because I think it's another interesting topic because I've already done an article for this, which you can find in the episode description or show notes or whatever it's called for podcasts. But it's basically time management and slow play because I think it's something we've both seen a lot more recently because like time management and slow play is generally something you see if you're new players or casual players, especially like in the lower ends of a, a Grand Clash, for example, or tournament. But um, it's interesting. Like we've both been seeing it more recently in the higher echelons of competitive play. So it's not like we're saying people are purposely playing slow. The issue is 
you're not playing in a physical tournament. So when you're playing online, it's kind of like if you're playing via webcam, Vassal, or tabletop simulator, it's a more relaxed environment. You're, you're relaxed at home. So it's weirdly, people are kind of just losing track of time. Yeah, I think it's I think it's definitely a lot more complacency than maliciousness, um, and some people kind of struggle to adjust to the online format as well. So they let themselves take a wee bit longer to think and a wee bit longer to play. Because obviously there's the added part where you're just you're trying to get used to the format yeah. as well as remembering how your deck works and whatnot. Yeah, because like for example, uh, like with webcam gaming, you have to be more proficient with actively checking the game state. You need to be constantly asking your opponent what upgrades are where, which fighters are wounded, because your opponent's not in front of you. And then even like with TTS, you need to be aware of the shortcuts, like everything to align boards. And even with Vassal, because it's uh, more of a simplified format. Like I personally myself, even though I think Vassal is probably the most efficient format to play at the moment. It, I still struggle like keeping a track of the board just because it looks very different to me. But those are like some of the reasons people will just be slowing down in terms of the game. Yeah, for sure. Especially in mirror matches and stuff like that as well. Because oh my gosh, you yeah. just you just get a mash of the same fighters. There's nothing better than a gets versus gets mirror match on Vassal. Oh my <laughs> gosh, that's just that's, that's just cruel. Cool. Uh, yeah, there's yeah, there's a lot of complacency going on. Folk are just getting a wee bit too relaxed with timings because we're not used to the grand la- grand clash format anymore and having to watch the clock and things like that, which is a shame. Yeah, because I think w- w- one good thing about speaking about this now is generally in some places in the world, like the UK or even in places like Australia and New Zealand, physical gaming is either restarting or has started up again. So I think now's a good time to bring up this subject because it's very difficult. Like it's a very complex subject because slow playing can be very subjective or like not playing to time because it can be either your problem or your opponents or a combination of both. But as you said, people are being like complacent and I think it's a good, this is like a good way to kick them up the backside to get them back on being efficient, timely players. Yeah, here's hoping because I don't think people actually realise the damage that they cause to the game and other players when they do just take a wee bit too long. To I mean, don't get me wrong, there's there's situations where your opponents just play that mischievous spirits, just throwing you completely off your game. And yeah, you're going to have to take an extra wee minute just to think this through. Uh, the occasional wee bit of analysis, paralysis and thought process then is absolutely acceptable. But yeah. when it's every single card and every single power step it just it drains your opponent it drains the spectators struggle to watch it and it's just not good for the game overall oh yeah and like the the biggest thing with slow play is like not only do you affect your opponent and people watching the most important thing is you mess up the tournament like really i as a to myself and like seeing tos uh as we'll get into later because like there's certain time rules like currently anyway um once you reach the end of the timer of the round you get to play up until the end of your current round so what people do is they'll speed to round three get to the time and then just stop like stop playing fast at all and just slow down (laughs) and the problem is if you if you end up finishing your game with only five minutes left of the break you've stopped that entire tournament from functioning because they may have all the results and are just waiting for you and they can't compile pairings until you and your opponent have actually finished the game and handed their results in. Yeah, that must be tricky to keep on top of, especially just TO in general has got to be a headache. <laughs> the best of times. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's like, I've never it's tried like... it myself and I don't think I ever will, to be honest. One, because I enjoy playing too much and two, because I'm not a masochist. Yeah, it's like the the funny thing about being a TO is like you generally love 99% of the process and then it comes to like list submission and you hate all the players because generally everyone will either leave it to the last minute or suddenly go like just somehow like submit jank that isn't even legal and you're like, how? From you? Um, but that's, that's the funny thing. But, but time management is a huge, huge problem for TOs. Um, I know... Like I was discussing with the head of events, so for 
Warhammer World. So they were toying around of just like, uh, like shout outs to Steve Wren because he's an amazing TO and currently head of Warhammer World <clears throat> and Games Workshop events, or at least Warhammer World. So one thing he did was because people were literally taking way too long to finish their games during the break, he would just call the call the game there. Wouldn't like because there's a current rule of if you finish your game at round two, you score all third final end phase cards round two. And he was like, nope, no. If you want to score those, you need to finish the game. And because the problem is, uh, as we'll talk later, you have like there were people who potentially can abuse that. So he's like, if you want your third end phase stuff, you need to play to time. Um, and you you may say that's savage, but it's literally when he had like two nearly two hundred people playing, well like one hundred and sixty. It's like yeah, he's got to prioritize everyone over just two players. Yeah, sadly, we'll probably almost never reach a stage where it's impossible to abuse, but trying to rein it in as best we can uh, is ideal. <laughs> yeah, because it's like it's like that give and take thing because it's so subjective as a topic. That's why it's difficult to talk about, and it also requires like you to be proactive, but not in a way that comes off as oppressive in such a way like you're purposely like trying to check. Because like one of the weirdest things I was getting, I well, I got into Digimon the card game, and like there was they had the problem with uh, slow playing as well on webcams. And one player was like, I play Magic the Gathering. If my opponent takes longer than 30 seconds a turn, I immediately start calling a TO because they're they're purposely slow playing because there's no way they can take longer than 30 seconds. And I was like, 30 seconds is, wow, that's that's like intense. Like, And we don't need that kind of level where you're like, well, you should have taken 30 seconds for your turn. You're, you are now slow playing, I'm calling the TO. And if you, if you persist, I will have you removed from this event. Like we, I don't think we need that kind of um, awareness, but you, you kind of need that kind of mindset, but not conviction, if that makes sense. Thirty seconds, it may sound a long time, but see when you're actually just sitting here, yeah. thinking about what you do. Thirty seconds a turn is a long time. Let's say there's going to be some critical turns where you do need to think a wee bit harder. But when there's a, I mean, I'm never going to name names, but there's been some times where I've been sitting waiting on my opponent. And it's just sit there silently. They're not conversing with me to let me know they're thinking. Yes. <laughs> just, I'm just sitting there being like, is, are you still home? <laughs> yeah, it's on? like, uh, is and everything stay, okay? It's like, oh yeah, yeah. No, no, sorry, sorry. I was just, just thinking. I was like, okay, yeah. it's just because you've been thinking for like two minutes. So. <laughs> and then, yeah, and after that two minutes, they're playing Thorns, let's say, just for an example. And then go, oh, fuck Okay, sake. I play Vark. I use my Varklav action. It's like, so you've just done the standard Thorns action. It took that long to think about it. <laughs> it's it's like, oh, it's frustrating as hell. But at the same time, it's, it is good not to be overly critical of your opponent because sometimes they are trying to plan ahead. But so long yeah. as it's not every single turn, yeah, then it's okay. It's, it's a bit silly. Uh, but I think a good way to start off with is we've now given you a pr- quick brief about time management and slow play. But I think the best way to tackle it at first is to talk about how you as yourself as a player can improve your time management and, well, like dealing with your own slow playing. Because a lot of the time, as like you've said, Tommy, it can be like analysis paralysis where you just take too long thinking because with Warhammer Underworlds, there's a lot of options. Like, for example, uh, one of the biggest things is boards. If you're an experienced and competitive player, you know you can get stuck on boards then it's aligning boards and where to place your fighters. And that's all before you've even started playing the game. Or like, where, do I keep my starting hand? Do I discard it? Because this is the first of the best of three. If I discard this now, I get a better hand, but then I'm revealing what cards I have to my opponent and giving away my game plan, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, boards is definitely a good one. Uh, the thing is, people can stare at boards all day long and they'll always revert. There's normally always one, two, if you're very lucky, three boards that you want to play in any tournament, and you'll usually stick to those. Okay, occasionally you'll come up against maybe a kind of unusual warband, like your eyes of the nine kind of thing. You might want to change up, but when you're coming up against the same stuff and you've got the same game plan, like just trust your gut and stick to what you know. <laughs> so if you think on these things too much, and start thinking, okay, if I change this board and do that, you just get to throw yourself off because there'll be something that you don't think about. Uh, and once that board's placed, you're, you're stuck. So it's good to know before you go into a tournament, right, okay, which boards are my default? And then if you are thrown off by the by your opponent and what they're playing, then yeah, maybe think about it then. But it's not something that has to 
it's not something you have to go through against every single matchup. Yes, it's like, oh, you know, well, now we've got like 10 boards. It's like, I'll bring my 10 boards and I will align what you've placed first. I think that's really good because that's basically what I do myself. So if I'm maining a warband, I will basically look through all the boards and go, which two to three boards will I always place first? Or will I always react with? Like, which of the boards I will always use? And then the other boards I will go and evaluate. These are the boards which I will use depending on the matchup. So it's like, as you said, you have your core, like foundation boards, and then your flex boards. What boards you will like use on your, depending on your opponent. Yeah, and you've got things like reaction boards and stuff like that. I mean, if I lose boards, it doesn't seem to matter which warband I'm playing. I always seem to revert to, uh, I wish I knew what it was called, but it's the kind of green one that came with Diarchasm. Oh my um, gosh, yeah, I know that. I know the board you're talking about. I just can't remember. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's quite often if I lose boards, I'm like, I don't even have to think. I just fling that board down because I know no matter what way they orient it, I, I can do what I, I need to do. Yeah, the men here is yeah. a binding. Like, because that's a really good foundation board. Like, because we'll get into boards another day, but it's like, it, it's weird. One thing I found in Diachasm and Beastgrave at the moment because of rotation. It's really difficult to get a good solid foundation board, but that board's really nice because it's very difficult for your opponent to punish, especially if you don't know what they're going to do and you're placing boards first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I think another one, another good thing to do pre-tournament to speed yourself up is just it's something that's good to do anyway. If you if you ever want to win a tournament, just familiarize yourself with your deck. Yes, I mean online's. Not so bad because it's, I know people will say otherwise, but I know everyone does it. They will have their deck open in another page. <laughs> so oh, oh wow. I didn't even think of that. That's actually 100% true. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Anyone who tells you otherwise is a liar. I'm sorry. I'm going to go out there. <laughs> I, um, there's no way to stop it. So it's just something that can has to be expected in online. Oh my gosh, um, so you've just blown my mind. I like my opponents have definitely been doing that against me. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Uh, that's a good point. Um, because, like, yeah, um, I think, you know, because me and you kind of play similarly, but what we do is like learn our decks. So the good thing about learning your deck is once you've memorized your deck, you will often come into this situation when you're in a you and or your opponent have one card left and you are trying to um and ah what that is. The moment you know that card is. And like the best thing is when you know it and your opponent's like, he knows what that card is. And you just confidently play without going like even if you might not even have to look for your discard pile because like, you know what you've scored. The more you're confident with your deck, especially like if you've discarded or drawn them out of cards, you go like, I've got five cards left or three cards left in my power deck. The confidence in you knowing what you've got left can help you speed up your decision making, but also just play in general. Yeah, I think that confidence is undervalued. Um, I, I can't count how many times. I mean, I've, I've played so many games now. I'm not. I'm not necessarily intentionally trying to play fast. Sometimes I'll do it just for fun. <laughs> but, <laughs> but being able to confidently decide, right? Okay. As soon as your opponent turns over, you're like, right? Okay, I move this one here and I pass my power. You've given them no time to think. It's, it balls back in their court. They're flummoxed. They're like, oh, right, okay. Uh, <laughs> and you th oh, you can yeah. throw your opponent off their game and start kind of making them second guess what they're doing. They'll start to, you know, they'll start to be scared to go ahead with the, what their game plan is at the moment because you're just coming across as so confident in your play that they decide, right, okay, well, this he's obviously got a good hand. He's obviously got this and that. So fast play can actually be beneficial do you? So long as you don't go beyond your capability and you start forgetting what you're doing and what's in your hand and whatnot. Yeah, like I'm 100% the same. Um, like also when I like sometimes I play too fast because I think the quickest I've done a best of freeze in 25 minutes in a grand clash with me and my friend. But it's like when you're playing fast and confident, it it breaks your opponent because they generally, especially if they're a methodical player. When you start playing fast, they go, as you said, you give them le less time to react and they go, oh my gosh, I just like, he's literally, especially when you start reacting quickly because you go, I've got these cards in hand. I know what's coming into my, from my deck, depending on your card draw. At the moment, you're just going like, okay, I'll do this and pass. Uh, any power cards? Oh, I'll play this and do all this. Any power cards? No, pass. Okay, my activation, I'll charge here or like I'll go on guard and pass. Like that kind of confident play, even though it doesn't, 
it kind of ties into time management. It just shows you how much it benefits your overall play and how it can affect your opponent in like subtle mind games, basically. Yeah, and it also means that if an opponent is going to try and slow play, it makes it more difficult for them because it becomes blatantly obvious that they're slow playing if the time that you've taken to play is minimal, (laughs) you know. Well, yeah, it's like if all of a sudden, like, generally, let's say it's like you're having five to ten seconds for a turn, and then your opponent is consistently having three minutes a turn, that's when you can start going, okay, maybe they're either like, maybe they actually might be slow playing me, because if it's a... The the one thing you'll notice about slow players is, we'll get into this later, but they generally take the same amount of time for each of their turns. There's, There's no real, like... Um, they're actually quite consistent, just consistently long. <laughs> um, it's it's weird, but it kind of gives them away a lot. Yeah, it's a shame because, I mean, even if you manage to win through slow playing, like you're slowly but surely, <laughs> she's upon killing the game. Yes. Because all you're going to do is you're going to put that, I mean, it's already happened to a good friend of mine. He came to the 2019 um, Birmingham Grand Clash, one at UK Games Expo. Okay, yeah, yeah. Got slow, uh, blatantly slow played out of the game. Uh, the guy, I think he said he took nine minutes for an activation at one point. Wow. And then all of a sudden realised, right, okay, time's just about finished the round. And then says, okay, I score X, Y, and Z. And he's left to that. Okay, I was definitely winning that game, but because it's ended when it has. I've now lost, and yeah, it was too much for him. He's just like, nah, I'm done. He's um, he's just he gradually kind of pulled away from the game then. So, I mean, that guy didn't manage to win the Grand Clash, but all he's done is managed to have a detrimental effect on the game as a whole because it's one player short now. And for yeah, every time that happens, you're slowly killing the game that you're trying to enjoy. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, I've seen slow, like... <laughs> I've seen people slow play because they can know they can slow play to win from like Grand Clash finals to any sort of game. Like I've seen it. And the problem is like as a spectator, you can't say anything because, you know, you're just watching. But the issue, that's a kind of detrimental effect. Like you can argue slow playing is a is a feasible tactic, but it's terrible because it will just it's worse than total control. It will literally put people off the game playing because they'll like, you know, at least I can lose quickly. If if I get dragged out and lose because someone was a manipulating time, that's just too much. Yeah, it's, it's, nobody wins in that scenario. If you manage to win because you're manipulating time and abusing the rules, like you're not a winner. You're not. You're going to get caught out by the end anyway. Like you're yes. going to come up against a good player that isn't rattled by that, and all of a sudden, all these wins count for nothing because you're too busy focusing on abusing the rules that you're not actually working on your game. And how well you're playing outside of that. Yeah. So it's, a, it's a false economy, really. Oh, 100%. But I think one of the biggest things for time management and dealing with slow play is having a clock when you play. I'm not talking about a chess clock. Chess clocks, I don't think I needed because they're too difficult to manage from the worlds. I know they were like a thing in America for a while, but then disappeared. But having a clock when you're playing is essential. So like if you play in the Grand Clash at Warhammer World, they will have a clock on screen, like on a big display projector. You've got the TO, like Steve Wren, generally giving you half-hour timers. But you may be in a position where your tournament organizer is not giving you regular time updates. Because uh, even when I am TO and I struggle, because I'm, I'm an idiot, I, I commentate and TO at the same time. But... um the one thing I always use, and I've been doing it since I started playing, is I play with a clock. And I don't have a custom clock. I just use the clock on my mobile phone. So what I do is I find out how long the round is going to be because some tournaments have like hour 45, hour and 15, even though the general for best of three is hour and a half. Then I set it at that. And the way I play is like I aim to have the first game done by 35 minutes because the first game will always take longer. And then the next game should be half an hour to 25 minutes and then even quicker for the third one. But yeah, I think- I'm surprised, John. Like, Honestly, the, the stuff I've seen you pull out on a board, I'm surprised you've not went for a full-on Flavor Flav 14-inch clock sitting at the side of the board. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's your like- door numbers. <laughs> but it's like, I like to keep something simple. But I, I think generally everyone has access to a phone and generally phones have clocks in them. So it's like just... 
Yeah. It should be the easiest thing. Yeah, the hour 30 is a good, that's, it's a good time to go for. Hour 30, you can easily break up into three. You've got half an hour per game. Game one generally takes a little bit longer because you've got the setup and stuff like that, but people are kind of too busy trying to find their seats. And yeah. Online doesn't obviously have that problem, but there is the, you know, you've got to say, you've got to say hello to your opponent and things like that. that you don't want to just rush in, right, let's go. Exactly. So you can give yourself a little bit of leeway for game one, but if you manage to finish game one in, let's say, 35 minutes, at least then you've got an in to say, right, okay, let's try and be a wee bit quicker in game two because we're already five minutes in to round to game two. Hmm. And it means if we have to play a third game, then, you know, we're not going to have 15 minutes left for the third game, you know? Yeah, like the worst thing you can do is go in like, ah, oh, I've finished game one and I've got like half an hour left. I'm just going to make sure I win game two because that's kind of, firstly, like gambling. And secondly, it's like the worst thing that I can see, like I've experienced it myself. The worst thing that can happen in Warhammer Underworlds in the tournament setting is where you draw a game or lose because of time, especially if it was something you could have sped up yourself. Yeah, definitely. And that's... It's a really hard one to deal with because I know for a fact there's got to be at least one person who has won a game by a massive glory difference. The times they've maybe taken 45 minutes for that game and they've said to themselves, right, okay, all I need to do is make sure that there's a, there's a second game and that the glory difference is lower. I mean, it's, it's, it's a bad assumption to make, but it's got to have happened. And it's oh, yeah. just... it's. Like it has that's happened not, to me. not a good position to be in for the opponent. The opponent wants to play the three games and wants to win or lose fairly. And it's just bad for the game. If you're managing if you're managing to let a game last for 45 minutes, then it's not good. That's why you need to keep track of the clock and say, right, okay, we've taken too long for game one. So I'm going to ask you to pick up the pace for game two because if we're left short in time for game three, then it's going to be on you, you know? It's like that. That's the good thing about the clock because, like, if you don't have a clock at hand, your opponent can go, "Well, we didn't take that long, actually." And I was like, "It's really easy. It helps things when you just go, uh, look, I've got my clock here. You saw me start it at the start of the round. We are now like forty minutes after game one, and it's just like I'm not saying like you're playing slow or anything. We just have to play a little bit faster. You know, we just need to pick up the pace for games two and three, so we don't like run out of time. And generally, people go, "Yeah," because the moment is once you have concrete proof. Generally, ninety nine percent of the time, no one will like will take it further. They will go, ah, you know what? Yeah, you're right. I, I wasn't paying like wasn't paying attention. And those other times, which we'll get onto later, you have to escalate it. But generally, if you've got like concrete proof of stuff, which the clock helps with, generally people go, oh, oh yeah, because like as you've said, Tommy, sometimes people go, I didn't really feel like we took forty minutes. I thought that was like twenty. Yeah, and it's it's also important not to assume the worst of your opponent. Like if, if it gets to the point you need to call a TO, I mean, it's a shame. It means something's broken down somewhere, but it doesn't necessarily mean for sure that your opponent's trying to slow play. There are just some players out there that just like to take a bit longer to think. They maybe suffer a little bit from analysis paralysis, and then maybe just they're just used to taking a bit longer. I'm going to call out one player, only because he's a friend and I won't take it personally. <laughs> uh, Jared, the professor. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> some games just take too long <laughs> it's the same back to, in London yeah you just want to strangle him and say hurry up but it, he's not doing it out of badness he's just he's a he's a solid player he likes to think his plan through and he doesn't like to rush and it's just you know I can see some people coming up against that maybe just assuming the worst and it's important you don't because people are, are generally just want to enjoy the game and try their best you know. Oh yeah, it's like uh, uh, I have a friend. Like he'll take a shot now. So David Smee, he's exactly the same. But you have people like that. It's not like they're playing slow. They're just they're too into the matrix, like trying to figure out which is the correct card or fighter to move. Um, I never got that from Smee. Yeah, he was he was a great opponent. Huh? Yeah, you oh. were lucky. Like so, some of the games, he takes shocking with his time. <laughs> he, like I think one time he was just I was playing him and he sat there for five minutes and I was like. Are you okay? He's like, oh, I'm just, I'm just thinking. It was like back in the day in Shades by when you play Great Concussion, and then, you, yeah, and then your opponent plays Great Concussion back. So he was trying to Great Concussion me in a way that I couldn't 
counter his great concussion, and then I countered it. It was it was hilarious. Yeah, he was like, newer, okay, fine. The, the newer players, if you think mischievous spirits is bad for slowing the game down by ten minutes, yeah, try mischievous spirits and great concussion in the same. Oh yes, because great concussion basically means fighters <laughs> and stuff. Makes you half the game is just pushing, pushing models and objectives around for a power step. <laughs> just left off an absolute mess of the board. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But, um, uh, another good thing to com- to combine with the clock is practice. So generally you will practice, right? But a good thing is generally people will only play to time at tournaments. Like they will only play with the clock at tournaments, which is the worst thing you can do because especially if you're not used to it. I always play with the clock, even in my practice games. The only time I haven't used it is when I've been doing webcam stuff because obviously I'm recording it and then I can edit it so it's faster. But practicing with the clock in your practice games is hugely important because uh, like as we've said, you can start timing things. So you can go like game one, I'll spend five minutes for boards and setup, and then half an hour for the game and then speed it up as we go faster. Cause you know, game one is where people match make each other. And then you have to go off from that. But it's, it's really important because you, you need to learn your warbound, learn in your deck and you need to see if you can actually play it to time. Like, cause the biggest one we always talk about is Zarbag's Gits because like part of the reason I never play them in tournaments is because I don't, I can't confidently say I can consistently get them to an hour and a half. I, the quickest I can get is like an hour and 40 on average because the problem is the moment I run into another Horde Warband or Swarm Warband, that's when it like the time just goes crazy. It's like really difficult to control. Yeah, for sure. And on top of that, it's important not to be too hard on newer players if you're practicing, especially online stuff. But it is good to give them a heads up. One thing I'll always do if it's a newer player, I'll, I'll be patient don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm like tearing my hair out because I just want to play and enjoy this game and it's taking too long. But it's important to be patient for newer players, of course, because they're the future of the game, you know, yes. uh, without trying to sound too cheesy. But it's also good to give them a heads up, you know, if they're considering joining a tournament of any sorts, it's important to try and like speed up a wee bit and watch the time. And uh, one for themselves so that they can actually get games in in time but also for your opponent because you don't want to be sitting there with you want to enjoy your game with your, your opponent you want to both enjoy it so you don't want one person sitting there fizzing because they've been sitting for four minutes just waiting to take a turn or play a card yeah. oh no 100% and it's like uh, if you can start the time management expectation before the tournament because like when you're playing in tournaments you have to deal with like stress like you're playing new people, like anxiety in general, like you've got all these external factors. If you can get a cool of on your head with time management in a casual setting while you're practicing and preparing for tournaments, it becomes almost second nature and it becomes a, m- a lot more easier to implement when you're you're playing in tournaments. Yeah, I do have one one secret for playing a bit faster in tournaments. Are you ready for this? Yes, I am. I'm, I'm Mango cider. Cider. If you have enough mango cider, oh, a grand clash, I guarantee you will just charge every activation. Your game will be so true. much faster. <laughs> the, the mango cider in Buggins, people know I love it. It it makes you do crazy things, but you have to respect the power of the mango cider. Oh yes, so one of the one of the most fun games I've ever had was uh, I think it was the Friday skirmish. You know, you just go along for fun because you don't want to burn yourself out for the Grand Clash the next day. Yeah. I took Magors, just rounding Mango Cider, and I almost feel bad for my opponents because I could barely read the cards, but I knew I didn't need to. It was just charge. Charge. <laughs> and somehow it worked. I never won, but I did, I did well. <laughs> well, you succeeded in attacking. That's, that's the important thing. Yeah. But I think it's like, that's the thing. You need to like... Um, and it's, it's good if you have a friend. Like Mango Cider can technically be a friend, except if you use it too much. But um, finding a friend to like play off with time is a really good thing because it, it, it correlates with practice in general. But that's how I was able to like the as I said, the quickest I've done a best of three in a grand clash is twenty five minutes because I played my friend and we literally were like, um, we need the game inside out. And we were like, I'll pass, pass, do this, attack quick, and there was like literally speed played. It's crazy. But it, when you've got someone to bounce off of and like reflect on, like, because you can identify what they're doing wrong for time management as well, they can as well go like, 
uh, like analysis paralysis again, they can go like, oh, John, you take way too long thinking. I know you're not doing it on purpose, but you literally are too lost in, in thought. Yeah, and it can have a detrimental effect to yourself. If you take too long to think about what you're doing, you can actually overthink things. Yeah. Sometimes the best thing you can do is the simplest thing. You know? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know how many times I've... Uh, I'm, I'm guilty of this myself. I'll sit and I'll consider that my opponent's got mischievous spirits. I'll say he's got three distractions. Before I know it, I'm actually playing a lot less aggressively than I should yeah. do because I'm assuming my opponent's hand is better than it is. Sometimes the most obvious thing to do is the best thing to do. You know, just play to your objective and just play to what your warband's good at and it will function. You don't need to do anything crazy. You know? Well, like another good point you raised before the show was like, I think it's really good to realize if you can't, in practice, if you can go like, oh, I love playing Zarbag's gits, but I literally can't play them to time. It doesn't matter if you can go, oh, I can win with this warband, I just can't make them, I can't finish games in an hour and a half, then you can't win with that warband because part of winning is finishing in time. And it does sound like, oh, but I really want to play this warband. It's just, I just can't because it either has too many models or too many rules or both. Uh, for example, like not saying these warbands have too many rules or too difficult to play, but like if you're a new player with the Crimson Court or even like Thundrix Profiteers because you get analysis paralysis of like, who do I inspire? Which Which objective do I go for first? If you're playing a warband you like, but you literally can't finish it within time, it doesn't matter if you can win eventually. You have to be able to win within that time frame. And it is ruthless, but you would have to switch to something outside of casual games to something you can actually win within the time frame for tournaments. Yeah, it's about being considerate to your opponent. Uh, it's every, everyone, don't get me wrong, everyone wants to win. Anyone that says otherwise is lying some want to win more than others for sure yeah but uh, and ultimately everyone wants to have fun but part of having fun in the game is of course as we say for this episode it's been able to play to time not taking too long to like take your activations not uh, you don't you don't want your opponent digging you up and saying you're taking too long uh, i'm gonna call a to it's just it takes away from the the spirit of the tournament in general. Everyone's just there to have fun, play their best game. <laughs> just exactly. Overall, have a good time. But like, now we've basically covered what you can do to manage your time management. I think it's now a good segue into how to, like, well, time management, but how to deal with slow play. So, as I think we've already established, the biggest thing is never assume the worst. Never assume your opponent is purposely trying to slow play you. As we said, they could be new, they could be anxious because it is a tournament setting. It does take, a, like, especially if you're in a final and there's people watching, or there's a lot of people watching the game. Because, like, me and Tommy have been playing for a long time now, like years. So we're used to the pressure of, like, playing in tournaments and the anxiety related to that. But your opponent may not be. Um, and yeah, as I said, they may be new or just lost in what they need to do as a player, as I like, make the decision. So if you think your opponent is playing too slowly, um, Never assume the worst. Never just go like you, you're taking too long. I'm calling the TO. Yeah, it's it's a difficult one to contend with. I mean, on that you said yourself, we've been playing for years. We've played, God knows how many games, and I I still to this day I struggle against a slow player because they just they can really throw you off to get your game. So it's important to keep a level head, not get tilted by it, and just deal with it in the best way you see fit. Either. Either you're going to let it slide, you're just going to carry on the game because some people don't want to call a TO regardless of how bad it gets. They don't want to cause that drama and that's absolutely fine. Um, but if you're going to do that, it's important you don't let it get to your head because you'll start making mistakes and it'll just lead to a bad game on your part. And You'll start forgetting to play cards because you're in too much of a rush to take your activation and stuff like that. So if your opponent's slow playing and you find it's get, getting annoying, then you need to just take a wee step back and realise that this is what you're up against now and not spend too much time fizzing about that and just stick to your game plan. Yeah, yeah 100%. Like, uh, the moment you go on tilt, it's really easy to, like, just make more six yourself. And a per especially if they're purposely slow playing you, then you've fallen into their trap. Uh, but, it, like, a good example is, so I've regularly played in store tournaments across the country in the UK, 
Uh, and generally, I would find like slow playing was difficult for me at the start of Shade Spire, but then uh, after I got more reps and more confident, then it was easier for me to deal with. But I think the biggest, most common occurrence is when I'm like round one or round two, and I'm literally playing a brand new player, and I can tell, you know, they're new. They they don't know what they're doing. They're trying their best, and so I was discussing this with my friend who's like a big X-wing player, and he said they had a problem with, they still have well people playing too long. So he said the best way they found to deal with it is, uh, especially if you don't think your opponent's doing it maliciously, generally the worst thing you can say is like you're playing too slow or like this is bordering on slow play. The best way they found, and which is something I've adopted now myself, is go, ah, we're um, we're just a bit short on time or like according to my timer, like, you know, we took a bit too long. Would you be able to pick up the pace or like, Oh, you know, you've been you've been thinking about this for a while. Is okay if we just pick up the pace just because of time. And the thing is, why you say pick up the pace is because it's neutral. Uh, the problem is, if you say slow play, people generally have negative connotations with that, and you're trying to be as impartial as possible, at least at first. So when you go, can you just pick up the pace? It's a nice neutral phase phrase. Sorry, that would generally get people to go, oh yeah, crap. Sorry, I've been playing too slowly. Yeah, one thing I'll usually do is I'll keep an eye on the clock and then if I feel that we're going a wee bit slower than we should be and we're going to run out of time then I'll just let my point know just a heads up uh, time's running on so like it's good to say that we need to play faster yes although it could be all on them <laughs> they could be sitting yes. and you, it's frustrating to even suggest that it's we but it's yeah you're, you're both there to try and have a good time and there's a kind of there's a bit of reciprocation back and forth there. So you need to kind of be as neutral as you, you can be, as you say, and just suggest, you know, it's important that we play a wee bit faster. If they're not picking up on it and they're not picking up on the speed, then yeah, like start upping the ante a wee bit and try and put the pressure on because the last thing you want is for them to just completely ignore you and then like slow play you off the board. So if they're going too slow, if you're keeping an eye on the clock and the game's going to run on, then by all means, like apply the pressure because it's on them to, to make sure that they're playing their game to time um, so that you can as well. Yeah, like um, I think 99% of the times I've dealt with slow play or the pace of the game taking too long, the moment I've said, oh, you know, we're a bit behind on time, would you be able to pick up the pace? 99% of the time they go, oh, oh yeah, yeah, sure, sorry, I just got lost in thought, you know, like I'm new to the game. And then you go, oh, cool. And then it's like, you still play out the game, especially if you're against a new player, you still go for the win, like even if they're new, but you you know, you don't go like full win at all costs. And then after the game, like what's helpful is you, you talk them through and go like, oh, you know, like you just need a bit more practice here and there because like you're generally doing good things, but that's more for like new players. But yeah, the moment you not challenge someone, but like remind them about time, 99% of the time they will play faster. The only problem is in like those super rare occurrences where they don't. And one of the things you need to be aware of is generally I have a rule of three. So if I've had to remind you three times in a row to pick up the pace and you are still going, yeah, yeah, sure. Don't worry. I'll play the time. I mean, I'll, I'll play faster. And then they're not doing anything at that time. That's when I'd go like, I'm sorry. Like I would go pick up the pace, pick up the pace. And it's like at the end of the third one, it's like, okay, I know you've said yes, but if you don't pick up the pace this time, I'm going to have to call a TO because it's just literally taking too long and I want to finish this game within the time frame. That's that's the way I approach it because at those times, once you say you're calling the TO, then they will just properly play. That's like your proper warning flare. Yeah. One thing I'll try and do, I mean, this is, this is only because I'm used to playing a bit quicker and I've actually got time to look into these things, but if I think my opponent's taking too long and potentially slow playing me, I'll keep a note in my head as to what they play and what's in their hand, like by the end of the round. If like if you've played if you've just played mischievous spirits on a hold objective player, they are gonna to have to take time to think because that's a <laughs> that's a horrible yes. card to contend with. Sometimes they've got answers for it, sometimes they don't. If they don't have any answers for it and they're taking time to think about what they're doing, you know, you're got it's the last power step of the round. They've got no side steps, they've got nothing to deal with it. Really they should just be like, right, okay, pass. Like there's nothing I can do. If they've got three upgrades in their hand and 
they're having, they're sitting looking at their hand and thinking, you know, what can I do to contend with this? Like, there's nothing. So they should just be passing right away as much as it's frustrating. Yeah, so they should be able to accept defeat, basically. More, yeah, yeah, basically. If that's happening every time they're left in that position, then that's an indicator of your opponent may just be taking too long. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean it is malicious. But it is some, it's an in for you to say, look, we're running short on time here. When I played that, you only had three upgrades in your hand. Like So I get that it's frustrating and you need to think, but we also need to play to time. So see if you're in a situation where you can't do anything about it, can you just pass? <laughs> like Rather than planning ahead whilst I wait on you. Like There's end phases and things out where you get a chance to plan ahead. Or even during... Your opponent's during your opponent's turn is the best time to plan ahead. You oh know? yeah, hundred percent. Right. No, go on. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know. Can I often a tangent here? <laughs> See, I get frustrated at the thought of it. Oh no, it's it's exactly the same. It's like yeah, but basically everything you said. Like, and the thing is, you know, you can kind of feel bad calling a TO on people, but that's what the TO is there for. Now, we're not saying you should go crazy with the TO and flag them over for everything, but if you generally think your opponent is actively slow playing you when you've uh, you've got key identifying factors, like a good thing is you need to build up a case, right? So we're not saying you need to like do this all the time, but you go like, oh, I've given the motor reminders about time. They're still playing the same pace. Uh, I've, I've looked on my clock. We've taken like 40 minutes to do round game one. We're approaching 40 minutes for game two. It's like we're not even like through it. It's just persistently taking long and that, that at that at that point it's the job of the to to watch and then give warnings and penalties to the players appropriate because by that point you've exhausted everything you can do as a player and you know you, there's only so much you can do which is the biggest thing to realize yeah one problem you do have just because of the format of underworlds is again if you don't want to you don't want to assume the worst of your opponent if he's playing too slow but often by the time that you get annoyed enough to call a TO the game's almost over anyway yes so don't be afraid as well see if you feel that you've been slow played and there's more games left in that tournament by all means give a TO a heads up just say look uh, I didn't want to call you over at the time I just want to make you aware this game took a wee bit too long and it was bordering on what I would consider slow play so if you don't mind if you can just keep a wee eye on that person's next game just to make sure they don't do it to another opponent. Is uh, The last thing you want is for a slow player to go in and potentially face, you know, what, six, seven opponents on day and you've just put six or seven opponents off the game because they've just not enjoyed it at all because they've just been slow played out the game. You know, so it's good to let TOs know so that, yeah, Again, if you let them know that you've potentially been slow played in your game, if the next player, the next person that plays them has to call a TO, they've already got it in their head, right, okay, your previous opponent wasn't too happy with the way you've played. Now your current opponent has called me over because they suspect you're slow playing. You know, it just, as you say, builds up a, a log yeah. for the TO and allows them to make a good call on it. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because even if you win that slow play match, um, like the key thing is reporting early because the earlier you report it to the TOs, the the quicker it can be addressed. But you, you don't want to go gung ho. So it's like if you feel you've been slow play, a good time is to report after game one. But even if you've won, it's a good thing to tell the TO that you know, like I won this game, but literally I won two zero, but we literally went to time. Like I barely like finished in an hour and a four, in four, an hour and forty minutes just because he was taking forever. Would you be able just to keep an eye on him for like future games? Because I don't want it happening to other people. Because as you said, um, the worst thing is this player continues to slow play other people. So you may have gone like, I'm one. I've won. I'm free from this player. This curse is gone from me. The problem <laughs> is it will, it will run into other players. So it's really good just to let the TO know because then they can start watching the player and go like, as Tommy said, you know, like we've had reports from you that you've literally like been playing. You haven't been playing fast enough in your previous games, and now your your, your opponent's saying the same thing. These two people don't even know each other. It's like, uh, unfortunately, you are playing like far too slow, and your pace is is not up to speed. So, like, then they'll like start giving warning, warnings, or maybe even 
disqualifying them if they're like persistent, um, you know, like abusers of time. Yeah, it's a good way of avoiding that conflict as well because I know there's plenty of people that either just don't enjoy conflict in general or just don't feel confident enough to dig their opponent up and they'd happily just suffer it and move on to the next player and hopefully enjoy that. So if you are that kind of person that doesn't want to pull your opponent up for playing slow, then the TO is always there as a kind of secondary option just to let them know, look, I didn't, I didn't want any drama. I just want to enjoy the game, but this is what happened. You know, and they don't need to act on it right away. It's, it just builds up a profile of that person that lets them know how to deal with potentially any future issues with them. There might not be any. Hopefully not, because as I say, everyone's just out there to have a good time. And sometimes you're left in a situation where you do need to think. And it, it can look like slow playing, but unfortunately you're just in a tight game and you've got plenty of options and it's hard to know what to do. So, uh, yeah, I've, everyone's just trying to have a good time. So it's it's good to tackle these things in the most neutral way possible. Yeah, because it's like you want to have a positive environment because the worst thing people will actively stop playing if there's lots of slow players. Like, because it's it. the worst thing is losing the game because you didn't actually get to play it. So it, and like, you know, you may, you may feel bad about calling a TO on a person who is actively slow playing you, but you have to remember, even if that player gets upset, they should have read the tournament rules. You, this is, there is a consequence for playing too long and dragging out games because, you know, as it says in the current games workshop rules pack, a TO will, Spectate the game. If they suspect a player is slow playing, they will give them a warning. And if they keep having repeat offences, then they can be a pen- potentially disqualified from the tournament. And you may go, oh, you know, I didn't want to get this person kicked out. But it's like, they agreed to the rules. If they are actively breaking them, they don't deserve to be in the tournament. And, you know, it, at the end of the day, if they've been warned repeatedly and have just refused to improve their game whatsoever... Because there's different. If you're a new player, the TO will go, oh, you know, they're, they're a new player, you know. Generally, if they're matched up with their opponents and they're taking forever, like what you will see is if new players play against each other, they won't finish, but they'll have a laugh. And that's that's a good thing to differentiate. So you don't have to worry about, especially if you've beaten the player, it's the problem of how other people interact with that. And then you may go, like, the worst thing I've had is, like, I've beaten a slow player, like, thrashed them because they took too long. Uh, and then my opponent played them and I was like, oh, you beat them, right? It's like, oh, no, actually, uh, we actually drew or lost. And I was like, why? It's like, well, they just took two ever. And I just, you know, I was kicking myself like I should have challenged them. But because I didn't, like, we just ran out of time. And you don't want that happening to your friends, but you don't want that happening to other people in the tournament. Yeah, you don't really want it to happen to anyone. So you want these things dealt with as swiftly as possible. Um, again, I can't stress enough. <laughs> it's always good to assume the best of your opponents. So yes. I don't want- I don't want the message to come from this episode is that there's slow players everywhere and they all need dealt with <laughs> it's like rigorously as possible. Like there's very, very few, even in my experience, I've played so many games and I've played so, so many games that have ran into time or just beyond it. But I know there's been no maliciousness in it. There's maybe 100%. been, I'd say there's maybe been two or three in the four years or so that I've played where I could say quite confidently that there was an element of trying to slow the game down, even just marginally. Um, so that's that's really not a lot in the grand scheme of things. So it's not happening often, but it is important to know how to deal with it, whether it's malicious or not. Yeah, because it's like, it's an essential toolbox. Well, it's an essential tool for your toolbox. You need to be able to identify slow playing and you need to know what you need to do when you believe you are being slow played because it it sucks, but there it's 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 incredibly timely, as like Tommy said. We have barely encountered it, um, especially at high levels. Like we've seen it, but it's like ninety nine percent of games usually aren't affected by slow play. But you need to be able to know what to do in that situation because, like, the worst thing is you don't challenge your opponent, then you end up losing or drawing because it went to time. And it was something you could have fixed. Yeah, and a good message to anyone who does slow play is that it's not a real win. Yes. I mean, I was in a situation against Frederick, who's an excellent player, and I believe it was the semi-final of one of the Nottingham Grand Clashes. And 
I think we were going, we were in game two, and if I remember right, I was in a situation where I even entered my head, which I'm ashamed to say, but I says, right, okay, if this game finishes, if the, if the time is done by the time this round ends, even if I lose, my glory difference is high enough that I will win this. I will win this this match. So <laughs> it's it's bad that it entered my head, but obviously, what I then did is I turned it around and made myself aware. Right, okay, we're actually taking too long. We're like we're going to run out of time to go into game three, and I want to play against this person. I want to play the full best of three against them. So I said to myself, no, we're not going to slow it down. We're actually going to speed it up. So I'll let them know, look, if we want to get a game three and we'll need to be quick here. Um, I'm aware I'm losing. I'm not trying to rush it just because I'm like, right, I want to have an opportunity winning game three. I was in a good position. And what we then had to do was uh, pretty much run to the toilet because we were both bursting and run <laughs> back to the game and continue Unfortunately, we never managed to get the full three games in. We managed to uh. get into round two of game three, but it was still, even though I lost, it was still a better outcome. I'm still happier with that than I would have been if I'd allowed myself to become that person that slow plays and wins basically because I've abused the rules of the game. Yeah, because you know? it's like there's differences to like, oh, you know, technically, you know, playing to time and abusing time is part of the rules. Like, no. Deep down, you know it's wrong. You know your, your win wasn't real. The only reason you beat that player was because you manipulated the clock. Uh, it, it's like, a, a funny thing is, people often tell me like, oh, you must be a champion for, you know, day two of Grand Clashes or finals being longer compared to other, like the rest of the tournament. Like, no, 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 no. If you're a good player, you should be able to finish your games in an hour and a half. Yeah, you, you can may say like, it'll be more interesting giving more time to make decisions. But if you're that good a player, you should be able to do that within the time frame. Because as you said, it's like, like I, I've had that pop into my head countless times. And I was like, I've never acted upon it because I was like, at the end of the day, that's not a real win. It's not how you should win. Because it's because the thing is, even if you go like, huh, I can manipulate the and your like opponent won't pick up, you'll still know. But there's always a chance they will know. And it's just, it's not like rumors or anything, but it's just, you don't want that reputation as the guy who just manipulates the clock to win. It's not a fun way. Like at the end of the day, you should be winning on your own skill and merit. And, you know, if you've messed up with your time, that's a reflection of like poor time management, not really like your opponent playing too long unless they were slow playing you. Yeah. And as I'm sure I said earlier as well, it takes away from who you are as a player, both in your ability and how you make decisions going forward if you're managing to scrape wins out because you're playing slowly then you're not identifying weaknesses in your game you're not identifying weaknesses in your deck you're looking in the wrong place to get those wins because if you're winning then you're not gonna if you manage to win you're not gonna change in your deck because that's a winning deck you know, you know whereas if you lose because you've you've not slow played you've played the three games and it turns out your deck or your game isn't good enough then you'll reflect on that and you take the time to say, right, okay, why didn't I win? How can I improve my game? How can I improve my deck? And you'll just become a better player overall. Oh yeah, 100%. Like this is a different subject kind of, but I used to have this thing in Shakespeare when it was actually, because people knew it was actually kind of difficult to finish on time and some tournaments did best of three in like an hour and 15. So... Like it was this weird situation where I won or lost game one and then won or lost game two. So we was like going into game three, we were on one, one, but then we had like five or 10 minutes left in the round. And when I was first into the game, I was like hundred percent play the third game and just rush through it. Now I'm more like, if we've gotten to that point, I'm just going to call it there because there's no point playing through, like going like, Oh, you know what? If we play really fast, um, we can get to round three and just like scrape it through or like we can do what we can in like 20 minutes or 10 minutes. Like, no, because at that point, your time management's messed up too much. And even if you only have 10 minutes of a round, that completely skews the game because some some decks don't even get going until like round three. So if you're playing an opponent like uh, 
basically as a slow starting deck or like even if they start quickly and you start slowly it's kind of like for clarif like for the sake of fairness i would personally just always go we've got five or ten minutes we'll just call it because you know at, at least this rate we're, we're drawn we'll see what happens and we can just get going with the next round obviously it's different if you're in a grand clash final because there has to be a winner but i i think personally if you know you only have like five or ten minutes to play game three don't yeah, that's an interesting take. I don't know how. I don't know how I would deal with that. I've always been an advocate for just play as much as you can. But yeah, some some decks, as you say, are better kitted out to score early. I mean, if you're running fire striders just to pluck a warband out of my head, and you're up against uh, Beastgrave level Grimwatch, you're not going to be feel, feeling confident playing one round of the third game. You're just it's, Unless your opponent has some severe bad luck, you're not going to be able to win because in the old days, Grimwatch comfortably scored 10 or 11 glory in that first round. It wasn't until round two or three when you started killing them off that you could do something about it. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting idea just to, you know, if you don't have time to finish the third game, then consider just finishing it there. Yeah, because like, for example, like my main warband at the moment is basically Lady Howard's Mournflight. I know if we had like 10 to 5 minutes, I could easily outscore my opponent, but I don't think that would be a proper win because especially if they're a deck that takes going and like needs counterplay and it's it's not like not like to say like, oh, you know, your opponent built a deck that takes too long to get going. That's just how some warbands are and some decks are. And like I want to win because I outplayed my opponent, not because I manipulated the clock. And I think there's an that's one of the canniest things about slow playing because Sometimes an opponent will slow play you to the point where there is only 10 minutes left in the round and they will try and force that game onto you because they know they can score faster and end the game on more glory than you after round one. And personally, just to rule out all sorts of like, you know, unintentional or intentional like time manipulation. That's why I, for myself, I will just go, if there's five to 10 minutes, I'll just not take the third game. If there's like 15 minutes... 15 to 20 minutes, you have a little bit more leeway because you can go, oh, you know, we'll do 15 minutes. And then if we get to time, you can finish the game in five to 10 minutes. You know, you can actually do that. But I think with 10 minutes, it's just, you'd spend five minutes setting up because that's generally what would happen in the third game. And you would have like five to 10 minutes to do round one. But I'm not saying that's how everyone should do it. That's just how I personally approach the game. Yes, it would very much be an agreement between the two players, unfortunately. There's always going to be a situation where you already know who's won after the game after game two. So the person that's losing is going to be less inclined to say, "Oh yeah, let's just finish up there." So it's a it's a tricky one, especially. Oh yeah, because like at that point, if your opponent's disagreeing, then they'll get the to over to over. And like from my experience, the to will go like if you've got five to ten minutes, generally just call it there. Like as a to when I'm to in my events and my opponents go like, "Oh John, we've got like five to ten minutes left." Um, is it okay if we go into round three? I was like, if you want to, but I will call the game at time because we need to get going for like, everyone needs to have a break and we need to get going for the uh, the next round. So if you're comfortable basically playing a game and deciding your game based on uh, five to 10 minutes of play, that's up to you. It's just, I, I think it's important just to bring up because it's something a lot of people don't bring up, uh, don't really consider, but that's just how I approach the game. Yeah, I think in my position, because I know I'm generally a faster player than most, not all, uh, I'd, probably, <laughs> I'd probably sit my opponent and say, okay, we've got 10 minutes to get through game three. I'd want to get through the whole game. If you're up for it, great, but there's no thinking time. It's just go, go, yes. go. <laughs> yeah, I think if, that, like, if I was playing you, I'd probably say yes, because I know we're like really fast. And um, especially if, you're, if your TO's going, I'll give like 10 minutes on the round. They were, um, or they were like, oh, you could, if you can get to round three in 10 minutes, sure. Um, but it, it's something to discuss with your opponent. But generally, if you don't know the player and like, if you just want to be impartial and you go like, you know what, it to get to this state, we've kind of both messed up. I think we'll just call it a draw. Well, we'll, we'll leave it at 1-1 and see what, what happens with the results. But I think... Yeah. Well, the purpose of this episode, is, of course, is to make sure you're not in that situation because... yes. Yeah, a that's a worst case scenario. Yeah, if you can get your games finished in time, 
you're never in that situation. There's never going to be any disagreement <laughs> or any kind of salt in it. So just get your games done in time and enjoy them. You know? Yeah, 100%. But I think to recap everything, as we've said, is uh, the main thing for time management and slow play is to you know make sure you're practice well-versed with your warband and deck, playing to time, like if you can play with the clock or make... Or, you know, even asking the TO just to give give regular updates so you're playing with, with time. Know how to deal with slow play. Don't assume your opponent is is doing the worst. Sometimes they're just new or lost in analysis paralysis. And then you need to be aware what to do when you do need to call a TO and what actions need to be taken. Because uh, as like another really good point Tommy said is sometimes even if you've not called a TO during the game, you can go after the game to remind the TO just to keep an eye on that player. Yeah, especially since a lot of players probably don't even realise that they're, they're taking too long. Yeah, hundred percent. It's just like they're not aware of the, yeah. of the time. And if it can be brought to their attention, maybe they will up their game. Maybe they'll start playing a wee bit faster. Start taking a wee bit more time to understand their deck, understand their warband, in the game in general. And the players yeah, will enjoy it more as well as any spectators. They'll enjoy yeah, it as well. As well. Well, yeah, because like the biggest thing, you get enjoyment when you have your full games. And like even the people I practice with now, they go like, you know, before we didn't play too fast, but we didn't realize we were playing too slow. And like, even though you play really fast, John, it's actually encouraged us to actually play to time more. And like, as a result, they've had more fun. Because yeah, I think the worst thing is losing the game or not even finishing your game because you ran out of time. That's just, it's really frustrating, especially if you had a feeling you could win. Uh, yeah, but sure. I, I think, I think we've covered everything. Is there anything else you'd like to cover, Tommy? Uh, no, I think I would just be repeating myself at this point. It's a very difficult subject to go over because it can sound very doom and gloom, but it is an important one to talk about. So I'm glad you, you brought me on for it. Oh, no. I, I think it'd be great to have you on for this because it's like, as we said, it's an incredibly niche, well, I mean, we hope for, but it's like niche thing but like the the good thing is how you can use this to implement your own time management and then just how to remind your opponent to pick up the pace when you feel things are getting a bit too long because as we said you know physical players restarting again soon depending on where you are in the world and yeah if you want to be a good successful player you need to be able to play under the clock yeah for sure sure 100% agree but that that's pretty much it for me so i've been your host john uh thank you tommy for being on is there anything when you'd like to shout out or where people can find you if you have any sort of specific places uh just a quick apology for uh gerard just for calling him out earlier <laughs> ah, I'll, I'll give him a heads up before he listens to it <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's good but um but yeah you know like he's just just funny digs but yeah, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of time management and slow play. So yeah, it hopefully will be able to improve your own management with the game as well as how to identify slow play when you see it and yeah, how to deal with it. But yeah, it's goodbye from me and... and goodbye from me. Cool. So see you around. Stay safe and keep listening to Crits. <laughs>